This episode of The Building Years is brought to you by Rally Flipcap. Go to www.rallyflipcap.com. That's R-A-L-L-Y-F-L-I-P-C-A-P.com. Rally Flipcap. Wear it, flip it, love it. Also, like Rally Flipcap on Facebook. They've got snapbacks and a lot of other awesome hats. Check it out. Whenever you check out, you can get a discount whenever you use stand-up talk. Type in stand-up talk, all one word. That's our podcast network. Type in stand-up talk whenever you check out. You get a discount on all the Rally Flip Caps. Now, here is episode 179 of The Building Years. It's The Building Years Podcast. With Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the building years, everybody. This is Jeremiah Watkins. And actually, today, Justin Alexio is not with us. Uh, We could not line up our schedules he basically has an audition and some stuff going on this morning, and I leave to do a show at San Diego at 2.30, so we just could not line up our schedules. Just a little bit too busy. So I got to crank one out. You listeners <laughs> want to hear that content from us every week, So and uh, we have sponsors now, so we have a minimum requirement of episodes that we got to get out. So... Uh, you just heard that we are sponsored by Rally Flipcap, and I think that uh, they just shipped out the hats to Justin and I, and we will be sending out a hat to a listener. So email us at thebuildingyears at gmail.com, and we'll figure something out. Just start uh, start emailing us or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Jeremiah Standup on Twitter, and Justin is at Justin Alexio. Had a pretty good week, guys. Uh, it's been a pretty busy week. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Let us know. Emails. I had a pretty good Thanksgiving. Had a good time. And couldn't complain too much. It's one of those things where I've been out in Los Angeles for uh, over five years now. And I don't get really sad like I used to, if that makes sense. Whenever I first moved out here... And I wasn't seeing family on certain holidays. I'd get like really sad because, you know, certain traditions and memories and things that you associate with with certain holidays, uh, you're not able to do whenever you're 1,500 miles or whatever uh, away from your home. But uh, it's gotten a little bit easier. I haven't, I've never missed a Christmas and uh, I don't, that'd be pretty rough because my, uh, my family makes a much bigger deal out of Christmas. uh, So I'm grateful that I will be headed back to Kansas for Christmas this year. But I had a good time uh, Thanksgiving. I went to the Laugh Factory and helped serve uh, the homeless and uh, anybody in the Hollywood community that, that uh, needed a a place to eat on on Thanksgiving came uh, and it was a good time. It was. Uh, I went there with my girlfriend Maya and uh, hung out with my pal Dean Del Rey, and we were serving some food together. <laughs> and I have uh, I have the strangest relationship with uh, 
Jamie Masada right now. I think a lot of people do, but he's just one of those guys where I just don't know how to read him at all. <laughs> and he got he got pretty uh, he got pretty upset with me on uh, on Thanksgiving. So I'm serving food next to Dean. We've we've served like a handful of people, and uh, he goes, "Buddy, I need you out front." Uh, he goes, "Everybody in this front line, come with me to the front to help uh, with the handicap." But basically, if everybody went from the line that we were serving, there would be nobody to serve food, so nobody really moved. And I looked at Dean, and I'm like, do you think we should go? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, forget about it. It's all good. So then he comes by a second time, does the same thing. There's nobody there to replace us again. He does it a third time even, and he starts to get like a little frustrated because we're not like moving, and we're just kind of looking at him like, what do you want us to do, dude? And then <laughs> he solos me out the next time he comes. He's like, you, buddy, you come to the front right now. He goes, if you do not come to the front, I will have to ask you to leave. Sir, I will have to ask you to leave. And I was like, no, Jamie, I want to help out. There's just nobody to replace me. I'll, I'll come. So I ended up going to the front. And there was nobody to to uh, at that station for a little bit. Like there was people that were serving like two or three different things right next to Dean. And Dean thought it was hilarious that that, <laughs> that Jamie soloed me out. And then while I'm helping uh, some of the, the handicapped people uh, into the Laugh Factory, Jamie goes, uh, Seabody isn't helping the handicapped more satisfying than serving food. And I was like, Jamie, I, I want to help. It's it's just there's nobody to replace me. That's why I wasn't coming right away. But And then later, I, I was like a walking disaster at the Laugh Factory. A little bit later, I knock over... Jamie Masada's coffee, it explodes and it goes over like 30 of the plastic plates that we're supposed to be handing out to uh, the people that are coming into the Laugh Factory. I just apologized. I was like, man, I'm just making the worst impression on this guy. But uh, it ended up being good. It was, But, it, it, you know, it's not really about that. <laughs> it was more about <laughs> being there to help serve the homeless. So I did that. I did that well. Uh I didn't do well around the club owner, but that's that's whatever. Uh, that that will come later, I guess. Uh, but had a good time, and then later we, uh, Maya and I, went to visit her sister in downtown Disneyland, and we had dinner there and ate with her her sister and brother in law and parents and her niece. That was a good time, and then we saw the new Hunger Games movie. A lot of people. Did not like that movie. I really did not have that much of a problem with it. I got that there's there's going to be a part two. There's going to be a part two. So everything was kind of building up to that, which was uh, I, I I still thought that it was a good movie. And Maya said that it was it stayed pretty close to the books. I guess she's read the books. I haven't read the books, but it was nice to see a movie on Thanksgiving. Then we just kind of chilled. But rewind uh, talking about the Laugh Factory. I mentioned on this podcast with Justin a week ago, we didn't get into it on the podcast, but I showcased for Jamie and Masada last week at the Laugh Factory, and I had a great set. I had a great set. I have no uh, uh, problem saying that. The other couple guys that I showcased with, I didn't feel like had very good sets. Uh, one guy started out pretty strong, 
but uh, both guys, I, I didn't feel like I had a very good set. So it was basically three of us showcasing, and then there was the open mic before that. He passed along the two other guys. I actually did not pass through, but he talked. It was the first time me showcasing for him, but uh, I talked to him afterwards. This is what happened too. So I thought that they flashed the light at me, and I guess that they did not. So I checked my clock, and I ended up doing. I basically did right on the nose. I did a five-minute showcase set instead of a six-minute showcase set, which I don't know. I, I feel like is okay. I, okay, uh, that I got off a little bit early rather than ran the light, but I don't know. You know, I don't know how they look at that necessarily. But I had a very strong five, so that's basically <laughs> the backstory on that. So he talked to me afterwards, and and he had very nice things to say. He said, you come across wonderful on stage. I can tell you are a good actor, a good performer, uh, but you need to slow down. You need to have more confidence on stage. <laughs> and and if you slow down, I mean, you are up there. Know that you are up there and have confidence and slow down. And, but I, I, like, I like you. Uh, all this stuff with your nose and the cocaine is very funny. I, want, I would like to see you showcase again, buddy. And, uh, which I was okay with that. The, the slowing down and the confidence thing, those notes, I was kind of like, mm. I, I have a bit where that I purposely talk fast during, and I was like, I wonder if that's what he's referring to, but also just the pace of my set was, uh, was a little quick just because it was in front of an open mic audience. So I didn't want it to look like I was bombing guys in front of this, uh, <laughs> this mic audience. So. And the confidence thing—I don't know what the confidence thing is about because uh, I got quite a lot of confidence on stage. I don't—I don't think I've ever had a problem with that. But it could be one of those things too, where you're just getting notes to get notes. Uh, I don't know—I don't know how the showcase process works really at the Laugh Factory, but hopefully I'll get a showcase again there in the next few months or so. But uh, yeah, that's what uh, was going on there. A little bit backstory on that. So uh, at least I'm kind of in the process of getting back in there, I guess. So we'll see. Had a good weekend and can't complain. Kind of relaxed a lot. It was it was a really nice weekend. I didn't have too many shows going on this this past weekend, so just really took my time in getting uh relaxed. A little bit before that, I was at I did a, a couple of shows. Uh I had a great Tuesday night that was uh that was awesome. That was basically, I went to the Brea Improv, excuse me, the, I went to the Irvine Improv, then I went to the Brea Improv, and then I went to do Roast Battle at the Comedy Store. So it was just like, it was one of those comedy nights that you're like, man, I I, I, I hope that this is foreshadowing of things to come, basically. It's one of those nights whenever you get in multiple spots, and the spots went well, and the crowds are good, and you're just thinking, man, is this what it's like to be, you know, on that, on like another level, basically, on that next level up where you, you're you doing just a lot more sh- spots and shows. So it was freaking fun. So I went to the Irvine Improv, did Friendly Frank show. It was super fun. The new Irvine Improv is really cool. It's got like a theater, big theater type vibe if you've never been there. The stage is huge. So, uh, and also they have a wireless mic, so I got to play around there a lot. And I walked around the audience and, uh, I did a, uh, I riffed this, 
I, I was acting like a preacher <laughs> and uh, I was walking around the audience with wireless mic and it was it was so so fun <laughs> and then uh, later that night I went to the Bray Improv this show was a little bit interesting got a little bit weird at one part during my set so Anybody that's seen me live do a little bit longer time, I do this bit where I go into the audience and uh, I basically, I straddle a guy in an audience without giving too much uh, away in the bit. So usually it goes over really well and it's it's a it's a big crowd pleaser bit because it's just kind of this weird, crazy out there bit. So this is the first time that I chose the wrong guy to do it to <laughs> in the audience. I was doing my set. My the, the audience was really tight. I went on right after the host, and they were just a really tight audience. So I, I was trying to loosen them up, and uh, about three, eh, maybe four or five minutes into my set, yeah, I, I, I started to do this bit. And so I go into the audience, and the, the dude that I, that I picked, so I'm basically uh, on top of this guy, and... He says into close enough to me in the mic, he says, You have no idea how bad I want to punch you in the face right now. And that's whenever it got a little bit real because the audience heard it. I would have been able to brush it off a little bit easier if the audience hadn't heard it over the mic, but the audience kind of started to boo and they started uh, to get a little upset with the guy. So I had to kind of slowly backpedal, but which if I was a newer comic, I would have freaked out because I would have been like just immediately just, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, blah, blah. But that's just, you can't, you really got to stay in the pocket in, in those weird situations like that. And the the guy said it again. He's a, He said it again whenever I didn't get off immediately. He's, a, he's like, I really want to punch you in the face right now. And he started to sweat. I saw the sweat beating up on his forehead, and I was thinking, oh, I think this guy's going to punch me in the face. So I started joking uh, about the different stuff, and and uh, then I'm like, uh, well, I could have. I'm like, well, I could have done this bit to your girlfriend, and then he goes, well, it would have been more natural. And then the crowd starts to get ratty again because now they're sensing that this guy's actually homophobic or something. And uh, so I'm still like trying to like gloss over it, slowly pull out of the bit, and then. What I do is I re so so he said that that basically he didn't care if I was going to do it with his girlfriend. So I basically restarted the bit over with his girlfriend, and that got a, a pretty good response. And then I had the audience clap for the guy and move on. Which uh, it's still uh, I felt like I handled it really well because I still did some jokes afterwards, and then got off stage and overall had a really good set. But that that was the the most violent and hostile an audience member has ever been towards me. And that's definitely not my goal whenever I'm doing that bit. But I just happened to choose a guy that did not want to roll with the joke uh, <laughs> as, as much as uh, other people did. But the sound guy at the Bray Improv, he was just laughing whenever I was walking back uh, towards whenever I was exiting. And he's like, set of the night, man. Set of the night. That was hilarious. He goes, uh, I was I was ready to to go up there and and back you up if he started swinging. I started getting the guys ready to to pull him out of the audience if he started swinging. So we had your back. So anytime a sound guy or a waitress or a waiter at a club tells you that your set is funny or is good or that you the set of the night, 
that always means the most to me because they have to sit through so much garbage. They work. They work at a comedy club. They're going to see the best comedy and they're going to see the worst comedy. So if you get a compliment from uh, somebody who's on the staff at a comedy club, really take that to heart. At least I do because they see so much comedy. So I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. So I basically, after Irvine and Brea, I raced back to the comedy store and we did, uh, uh, for the roast battle, we did uh, uh, a version of, of the wave called the Rainbow Wave. Uh, we Usually we do the Negro Wave, and it's me, Jamar Neighbors, Willie Hunter, and usually one or two other guys. But Jamar was out of town, so we did a version of the wave called the Rainbow Wave, and that was with me, Willie Hunter, Kyle Shire and Jamie Salida and they were dressed in like booty shorts and they were dressed very uh very flam- flamboyantly yeah that's 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 the right word yeah that's yeah that's the right word what's the right word for you know whenever a gay guys dress kind of promiscuously what is it oh flamboyant okay perfect well they were dressed like that and so we basically had uh, a lot of bits planned that were basically all gay themed and and a couple and a couple others. Uh, we did one. Uh, we did one pretty topical one, <laughs> where Willie wore the, uh, and basically how the roast battle works: two comedians go head to head. They're roasting each other, and if a joke hits really hard, then the Negro wave, or in this case, uh, for Tuesday, the Rainbow wave, we would go up on stage and basically accentuate the joke with something uh, like an act out or like a little little sketch or vignette. To, to heighten the joke and to get the crowd even more hyped. So a joke hit really hard. Willie goes up there in a Bill Cosby sweater, and I'm in a, in a, in a dress and a wig, and I have a glass, and I'm acting all drunk and out of it, and he's smearing pudding, jello pudding on my face, and then I fall and pass out, and he drags me off stage. <laughs> that got a pretty big response just because of the Bill Cosby stuff that's going on, which... What do you guys think of the Bill Cosby stuff? I, man, I hate that it's it's true. It's one of those things where it's got to be true. There's just too many women who have come forward, but it's so sad that it's just that it happened that he did that 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 is hap- that what's going on with his career because now he's going to be known as that. It's very, very frustrating because I grew up with him. I, I watched the Cosby show for years, years, grew up on that. My family loved that show, and I've, and I've watched reruns for years. Now, now I don't know. I know TV Land pulled all the reruns. I don't even know if you can see the reruns anywhere right now. And what sucks about that is he didn't just screw over himself for that. Because he's doing well off enough. But some of those other cast members on that show, that's all they had. That was the only career milestone that they had. And now they are not going to be getting residuals from the reruns, which sucks for everybody involved. So he kind of screwed over the whole Cosby uh, family. Malcolm Jamal Warner, uh, Raven Simone. You know all the all the all the classic cast members uh, and all the other people that I'm not remembering <laughs> on the Cosby Show, but it was uh it's a great show, but it's unfortunate what's going on with with Cosby, and I would hope that he will eventually make some kind of statement 
But I mean, I guess it's not going to really affect people's opinion of him now. Either way, it just sucks that he's going to go down as that rather than the legendary comedian that he is. So that that's the only thing that's that's frustrating uh, about that. Because if if it gets to the point where he can't even go on tour anymore because people will not see him. I truly believe that he will die like within a couple of years because that's that's literally taking away everything <laughs> from him. Because if he if people are looking at him as a rapist and then he can't even do comedy, that's whenever it gets re- like extremely sad and depressing. So I don't know. Hopefully something will happen that will clear it up. But I don't know. It's 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 a pretty big mess. Pretty big mess right now, guys. So Pat Reagan and I did a uh, uh, a song at the roast battle too for uh, the roast battle. And oh, one of the other um, bits uh, that uh, that got a pretty big response was Will. I had a had a lollipop that I was licking as a little kid and and. Coach T, the DJ at the roast battle, he played "Beat It" by Michael Jackson. Willie did Michael Jackson moves and moonwalked, and then <laughs> took me off the stage while I licked the lollipop next to Willie's crotch, basically, as uh, he, he walked off stage, and that got a big response. The stuff and the other stuff with the Rainbow Wave, they got a big response. Uh, I probably shouldn't even say on this podcast because we did some pretty crude gross stuff live uh that you just would have had to been there for the experience i'm not gonna talk about it on the podcast but it was uh it was uh very memorable i will say at the least which uh this is pretty cool guys uh, i think i can announce it now an article just came out today they had told us a little while ago but couldn't announce it roast battle has been invited to riot la which is la's number one alternative comedy festival. So that will appear there in January. I will give you guys updates for that very soon. And that should be that should be fun. That should be a, a lot of fun. And uh, it's always exciting to do festivals. And we've got some other festivals that are supposed to be booked for later in the year that we can't announce yet. But uh, it'll be a good start with Riot at the beginning of the year. And now I want to talk about last night. I hosted Potluck at the world-famous comedy store. Wow. What an experience. So this is the second time that I've hosted Potluck. And for those of you who don't know what Potluck is, is basically there's an open mic. There's 16 comics that are selected that they, they put their names in a bucket. And then uh, they, they sign up around 6 p.m., and then uh, right before 7 p.m., the list gets posted on the glass window pane of the comedy store. So all the comics crowd around and look at it. I did it for a long time and worked my way up through the mic. And uh, part of it is lottery. Part of it, honestly, it's political. You got you have to know some some of the people, and that's that's where uh, it's it's kind of like the survival of the fittest thing comes in to effect there. So then it's it's an open mic. It's 16 names, and then followed by Friends and family at the comedy store, so and employees, so, uh, and then you also get celebrity poppins, which is pretty cool. So, this is my second time hosting potluck, and then I've hosted late night there whenever I filled in for Fraser Smith like four or five other times. So, uh, I've, I try to make it fun and exciting and different every single time I host. And we had a comedy dance battle, which is this is the second time that we that we uh, have done this. 
and it did really freaking well. We did it the first time; it did well, and then this the second time that we've done it, it it did. I I felt like it did even better. And Anya Malik has won both times now, so he is the comedy dance battle champion. And it was a lot of fun to watch. And basically, I I host it, and it's two com like we did like a round robin. Three comedians went head to head like round robin style of dancing to different genres of like uh dance battle music <laughs> and the winner the only way you have to win is basically you don't have to be a good dancer you just have to be a funny dancer so if you commit and you are busting out those funny dance moves then you have a chance at winning a spot right after that it's basically for the comics who didn't get up that want a chance at getting up so that's what happened with that. And uh, then after that, we put up like friends and employees of the comedy store. And I got to bring up um, some pretty cool poppins. Marilyn Ricecub from 24. She came in. She's uh, one of the newest paid regulars at the comedy store. She came in and put her up. And then uh, Mo Mandel was preparing for his Conan set, which is always cool to see people preparing for late night sets. He's doing Conan next week. He ran his set, Eliza Schlesinger. She ran her Tonight Show, I think, uh, set. And then my favorite, of course, was Bill Burr. Bill Burr dropped by, and he did a freaking awesome set. And whenever there's the big comics it's uh, that, that drop in, it's always interesting who goes after them. And I decided to put Pat Reagan and myself actually right after Bill Burr for the challenge. I wanted to I wanted it to be difficult because I knew it was going to be difficult because once a celebrity like that comes in and kills it, the expectation levels change in a room quite a bit. So Pat Reagan and I played our song Drug Deal right after Bill Burr and it did pretty well. It was funny because at the very very beginning we were getting like nothing, but it was one of those things where you just have to Stay in the pocket, as I was saying. Commit to the bit or the song, whatever you're doing. And by the end, it, it, it did really well. And uh, we were pretty happy with it. And now I've followed Louis C.K. and Bill Burr at the Comedy Store, which is, is pretty cool. Both on potluck nights, which is kind of insane. But it's a, it's a good muscle to to start trying to use is following following the big guys because it's uh it's definitely different it's it's much harder but uh i hosted there last night and i was able to get up 49 comics in four hours which i'm actually very happy about i'm very proud of i really tried to not do too much time between comics i really tried to get up as many friends and employees uh that i could and also with the poppins but it's a very stressful job uh, along with having fun because you're guaranteed to at least let down somebody. And most of the people that come up to me to ask if they can get up, I know pretty well. I've been, I've been doing shows or spots with them for years. And just some people you can't get up. You want to get everybody up. But you you have to get up the employees. I mean, they work there. That's that's one of the perks of working there is you have to get up and... and uh, like so that that's that was like a number one priority is you have is I want to get up the employees first but then also too then the second priority is the pop-ins because they have they have to go up basically whenever they get there and then and then it's your friend so it's it's kind of 
sucks that you're that the the friends that don't work there are the last priority, but that's just kind of how it works. But it was a really good time, and hopefully I'll get to do it again. And this Thursday, I don't know if I guess I'll I'll um say it on on the podcast. I'm showcasing on Thursday at the Comedy Store to see if they want to make me a regular. So we'll see how that goes. If It's one of those things where I know it's going to happen eventually. It would be awesome if it happened before the end of the year if I was made a paid regular. But uh, I understand either way. There's new new talent coordinator there now, and hopefully he thinks that I'm ready like the other town coordinator did and we'll kind of go from there but I'm pretty excited and then uh, I'm actually I think I'm going to wrap up now guys uh later tonight I'm going to be in San Diego with Christian Spicer he is recording his first comedy album at La Stats in San Diego so definitely check that out we've had Christian Spicer on this podcast before he was uh, actually one of our first guests I believe or one of our very early guests He's a good buddy of mine. He does a lot of good things for the comedy community, and I'm really excited that he's uh, he's recording his first album and that he asked me to be uh, one of his openers for it. So it should be a good time. We're going to drive down there uh, earlier in the day. And then uh, later in the week, I'll let you guys uh, know next week how that showcase went. And I'm doing Palapalooza on Sunday. I keep hearing awesome things about this show. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. I think there's we're doing a Thunder Pussy uh, at the Ice House on Friday. And then also, Justin and I are doing a showcase for our commercial agents and also his theatrical agent wants to see how uh, Justin's stand-up is. They've never seen his, his stand-up, so uh, he's showcasing for his theatrical agent. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday at uh, the Underground Theater. Other than that, guys, thank you so much for listening to The Building Years, uh, letting me... Let me talk about myself for the last half hour. I appreciate it. Justin will be back next week, and we will have a guest for this Friday. Email us at thebuildingyears at gmail.com, and also comment and uh, give us some reviews on iTunes if there's anybody who listens to this on iTunes. We, we mainly plug our SoundCloud, but it would be nice to get some some iTunes reviews as well. Check out jeremiahwatkins.tv and also youtube.com slash gringo sketch. We've been releasing new sketches every Monday and we're releasing our last sketch of the season this coming Monday. I'm Jeremiah Watkins. Hit me up on Twitter at Jeremiah Standup. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Building Years. We love you and we will see you soon. <laughs>